Welcome to Last Choice on the Left, the horror podcast brought to you by Last Choice Network. I'm Chris. And I'm Natalie. Hi, Natalie. Thanks for joining us. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, I've done, I've done a couple of other things on the Last Choice Network. Um, and I'm here because I also like horror. Um, I know, Chris, you've probably been into it a little bit longer than I have. I, I'm a little bit new in the horror uh, world. So excited to talk about it and learn and all that fun stuff. And I'm super happy to have you with me. Uh, tonight, we are jumping into the Woodsboro Murders and the Scream franchise. Um, we'll be discussing all five Scream movies um, in individual episodes for the next few weeks. Uh, so let's get started with talking about Scream number one. Uh, Scream came out in 1996. I remember going, uh, I don't know if I went opening night, but definitely opening week as a young, impressionable 18-year-old. Um, and just being blown away by it. I have been a horror fan for a long time. If you've listened to any of our other episodes, you know the first horror movie I watched was Halloween way back as a six-year-old. Thanks, Mom and Dad. Um, <laughs> great parenting there. Just kidding. Love you. Um, and I'll be honest, the horror, the state of horror was shit in the 90s. So we really do have Scream uh, to thank for the resurgence, just not in the slasher genre, but in horror as a whole. Um, and it led to a lot of imitators, uh, which we will get to also in future episodes. So having rewatched the movie, um, I rediscovered my love for it. And I know you watched it recently as well, Natalie. What what were mm -hmm. your thoughts on it? Um, well, my thoughts was I thought it was very fun. Um, I thought it was a very fun movie. I guess it's uh, was my experience with it. Um, I thought it was a fun, like both in like a horror aspect and like a whodunit aspect. You know, like you want to figure out who's who's the killer, and it's like that with with all the scream movies. You know, afterwards too is that's like you want to try and figure out who it is. Um, and it just you know yeah, it seems very classic, especially in in the way that it speaks to itself and and everything that it references i think that that's really cool it reminded me um a lot of like uh uh like cabin in the woods you know like i said this is i should probably go into discla disclaimer um this is my first time going through the scream franchise with um whatever chris said that he wanted to do all five movies so um this is my first time watching them so it was cool to just see yeah how it kind of played with itself yeah, and that's one thing, um, you know, Scream has a known killer in the aspect of Ghostface. Ghostface is the killer in all five movies, but unlike other franchises like Halloween, where you have Michael Myers or Jason and Friday the 13th or Freddy and Nightmare on Elm Street or Chucky and Child's Play, Every movie, yes, it's Ghostface killing people, but it's a different killer in every movie. And that's not something I think I've ever seen in the horror genre for a franchise other than Scream. And part of the fun of it is trying to figure out, while watching the movie, who you think the killer could be. Um, and I think it's something, It's in all honesty, and especially with the first Scream, I think it's something that they do well, they've done better than most 
traditional classic whodunits mm-hmm. that have nothing to do with horror. Um, you yeah. know, not only is it a great horror movie, I think it is a fun whodunit as well. Um, and, you know, especially with the first scream, because um, as you find out later on, as each new movie comes out, and, you know, again, these movies came out, the first scream came out in 96, the second scream came out in 97. So we're way before the internet and social media. So, you know, you think stuff gets spoiled today. Scream was fine because it was an unknown entity. But by the time Scream 2 comes out, things are getting leaked, um, which is a lot harder to do in 97. So they have to do rewrites. Well, Scream didn't have that problem. So it's a um, it's a lot better mystery because it's they've had the same end game the entire time versus the later sequels where they either had to rewrite the script constantly or they had multiple versions of the script to prevent the killer from being leaked. Um, so I think it's a much tighter mystery than the later movies are because you you don't have the changes where they had to change who the killer was halfway through filming. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I love about Scream is getting into the meta aspect of it was the introduction of the rules to horror. Um, Randy Meeks, I think, is in the first movie is my favorite character because absolutely, I agree. <laughs> I, I relate to him, um, in so many ways, being mm-hmm. a horror fanatic and a nerd. Um, and I even understand his and I can relate to his unrequited love of Sydney, even though mine obviously wouldn't have been with Sydney. It probably would have been <laughs> with Billy or Stu. Um, <laughs> until you find out that they're not the best of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the fact that he's the one who really shines a light on the rules of the horror genre because before then, after having it explained the way it is in Scream, you look back at all of the especially in the slasher genre, but especially since the late seventies and the eighties, these rules duly do truly seem to exist. Um, so the first one was, you know, you can never have sex. Right. Yeah. Which I love the fact that all the kids throw popcorn and stuff at them because. Yeah. Boo. Second rule is you can never drink or do drugs because it's the sin factor and it's an extension of the no sex, which again, high school kids, you're not right, going to find yeah. many, although, you know, I was a goody two-shoe, so I at least made it through high school before drinking or doing weed, so, <laughs> um, and, you know, TMI. I made it through high school without having sex. So I would have survived scream <laughs> just fine. Um, and my favorite is also saying that you can never say I'll be right back because you won't. Um, and it's true. You watch horror movies and the people who tend to die are the people who are either sexually active, mm-hmm. drinking or doing drugs. And the idiot who says, I'll be right back. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that your interests, while we're both, interest in horror you i'm more of a slasher genre i know that's not necessarily your thing 
Um, so in the movies you do like in the horror genre, do those type of rules or do those rules specifically still sometimes play uh, a, a part in, in the movies you enjoy? Oh, absolutely. Um, especially since um, I've, I've, I've told you uh, outside that I really like American Horror Story, mm-hmm. um, the series. And American Horror Story is like all the way just like an ode to different horror like genres and tropes you mm-hmm. know and they're able to like do that like individually within each season and you know they play with it a lot so definitely in i see like all of those <laughs> in american horror story they're still alive and well especially in a lot of the newer ones where they are using more um like teenagers or at least mm-hmm. like playing teenagers as like their main protagonists um and not as much like using adult characters as their protagonists. Um, they definitely still, I mean, they, one of their new seasons was um, literally called 1984. Like it's just supposed to be like a, it is, but it's a total play on like the slot, like the slashers in the eighties. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I have to, I have to admit that I call myself a horror fanatic and I have not watched one season of American <laughs> horror story, um, which I think, I need to have my horror fan club card. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Um, But if any of the ones I was going to start with, it would be um, 84 because it literally is Mm -hmm. Friday the 13th. It is. Yeah. In a season long format. Um, So yeah, I I definitely need to get on that bandwagon. Although I will say, in in terms of Ryan Murphy Productions, I did watch both seasons of Scream Queens, so I feel there's a Mm -hmm. little bit of redemption there. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that was also mainly because of Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis, yeah. um, (laughs) And not Leah Michelle, because, spoiler, Leah Michelle is a horrible human being. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I I definitely need to get on the uh, American Horror Story bandwagon. Um, the other things I love about Scream, God, there's just so many. And, <laughs> and watching it again, again, especially for me, because the movie is 25 years old and I've been with it and watched it numerous times over the last 25 years, is it just has a nostalgia feeling for me. Like it's a it's a feel-good, feel-good, that's a horrible way to describe it, but it's like a feel-good <laughs> movie for me. Like, think, Yeah, totally. If I'm having like a crap day like i can put it in and and enjoy it and laugh um like one of the things i love is uh when ghostface first calls sydney and she thinks she's talking to randy and he uh asks her what her favorite scary movie is and she says you know you know i don't watch that shit it's insulting it's nothing but big-breasted girls running up the stairs when they should be running out the front door Mm -hmm. and then she immediately turns around and has to run up the stairs because she can't figure out how to get out the front door. <laughs> uh, yeah. We're trying to get out the front door, but she just couldn't make it. Um, but again, it's, it's little things like that because again, it goes back to all of my favorite types of movies where it's people making stories stupid decisions in horror movies and then paying for it. Uh Um, And I think it's easy for all of us to sit here and go like, Oh, what an idiot. Why aren't you running out the front door? But then I, but then I think about it. I'm like, would I really be thinking that clearly if I was in that situation? Um, But yeah, it's just, 
there's so many, you know, iconic scenes and moments in that movie, you know, from Drew Barrymore, uh, her opening scene and what happens with her, um, which is, you know, exactly like what they did with Janet Lee and Psycho. You know, again, in 1996, Drew Barrymore was the face of Scream. Like, she's mm-hmm. on the poster, not only on the poster with the rest of the cast, but the face you see in the background where it's just where you see the eye, that's still Drew Barrymore. So the marketing led you to believe this was a Drew Barrymore movie. Mm-hmm. And then she's killed off in the first she 10 dies minutes. right away, yeah. And people were just in shock sitting there watch that, watching that. Um, and one thing I will say about that scene, too, fun fact, you know, the what gets her boyfriend killed off is the question about who the killer in Friday the 13th is. And, mm-hmm. you know, she says it's Jason. And, you know, technically, no, it wasn't Jason. Depends on how you want to argue the question. But, yes, mm-hmm. in the first movie, it's... <laughs> In the first movie, it's not Jason, but in the franchise, it is Jason. Um, And Kevin Williamson says, you know, he put that in there because it was a stump the chump question at a a trivia thing in a bar where that was a question asked and everybody got it wrong. So that's Mm -hmm. what put it in the movie. Um, But with Scream, you know, everybody talks about how Drew Barrymore is the first kill in Scream. But she's not. Her boyfriend is the first killer, the first kill on screen. But I feel like it's almost setting up the same type of question for the future, where it's like, you know, who's the first? Oh yeah, who's the first killed? Yeah. (laughs) And everyone assumes it's Drew Barrymore, but it wasn't. Uh It was it was the guy who played her boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Um. But what were some of the um? What were some of your favorite scenes or kills or moments in the movie? Oh geez, in uh, um. Okay, so I think I want to say my favorite kill might be whenever the friend gets killed in the garage. Oh, when Tatum? <laughs> yes, I'm sorry, I forgot her name, but yeah, whenever she gets killed in the garage, something about that it was just so ridiculous. <laughs> like I don't know, everything about that was just so ridiculous. Well, I think part of it's because no garage would ever. Like, that would never happen in any no, garage. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> like, and, and, and it starts off with, you see her when the scene starts, and she walks in, she opens the garage door, and you're hit with high beams as soon as she comes into shot. Mm-hmm. So you're already focused on her boobs. Yeah. She has a great, I mean, that, again, I love... I love her character in the movie, I think, you know, and I think it it goes back to what I think Scream did a great thing of is these were all characters that you cared about. And they Mm -hmm. did a really good job of making them feel like real people Mm -hmm. and their real relationships and her relationship with Sydney. You could tell that they had been best friends for years. Um, You know, one of my favorite scenes with, with Tatum getting back to the garage thing in a moment, but is when uh, they're leaving the police station and Gail confronts them. And Sydney asks her about the book about her mother's murder. And Gail says, I'll send you a copy. And Sydney just punches her and knocks her flat on her Mm -hmm. ass. 
And then in the next scene, you have Tatum recounting it. And she goes, I'll send you a copy. Bam. Yeah. Bitch went down. I'll send you a copy. Bam. Yeah. Sid, super bitch. And I'm like, <laughs> like, I love her. And then in the bedroom, like it, when you watch, as you're watching the movie, you see how sarcastic and like, she almost has a, a wall built around her to, to keep people away. But then you see her in her bedroom and she has the two twin beds and she's just so quote unquote girly, um, you know, with the stuffed animals and the pajamas yeah. and the way her hair is. And I, it's a, the juxtaposition between how you see her character at school versus how she is in the sanctity of her bedroom. I think they did a really good job of, of fleshing her out and, and she wasn't just cannon fodder for the killer mm. that's really interesting <laughs> um but yeah her her death is definitely again you know focus on her boobs when she comes in the garage it's her boobs that get her get that get her trapped in the cat door flap mm-hmm. it is, it's just ridiculous that she gets her head squashed by a, a garage door by the garage yeah <laughs> um yeah, I would have to say it's probably my second favorite death in the movie. Um, the first being Drew Barrymore's, because again, that was just showing that the horror genre was back the first time that that was on, on screens. Um, something I noticed in the movie that I don't think gets talked about a lot, too, is the way they set up the doubt between whether Billy could be the killer or not um, at the police station when he's being interviewed by the the sheriff. And I love the fact that the sheriff asks him, you know, what's someone your age doing with a cell phone? And I'm like, that is such a 90s <laughs> thing because yeah. nobody had a cell phone. <laughs> um, and it reminds me, even a few years before that, um, we used to have these things called pagers mm-hmm. um <laughs> and i had a pager in middle school and and you weren't allowed to have a pager in middle school and i got busted with my pager in middle school and the security guard looked at me and was like what are you know what are you doing with a pager and i'm like you know my parents want to get a hold of me and then it turned because you know everyone assumed that if you had a pager, you were like a drug dealer or drug some dealer, shit like yeah. that. <laughs> and it turns out the security guard was in fact a drug dealer, and <laughs> years later was fired and arrested for his drug empire. Um, but I just thought it was great that he was questioning me about why I had a pager. Um, but that scene reminds me, like, oh my god, this was really a thing in the nineties. Um, but one thing I noticed when you know the cop asks him, he's talking about how you know you walked. Or you snuck into Sydney's bedroom, and then the sheriff asks him if he, you know, drove by or if he stopped by Casey Becker's house, Drew Barrymore's character. Mm-hmm. And he goes, you know, no, I didn't. I didn't kill anyone. And there's a moment his dad is sitting with him, and his dad looks at him. And for a moment, you could see on the dad's face where he's really wondering if his son actually was capable of doing it. And it's little things like that. That again, I think they did a really good job of um, making these people 
fleshed out and human. I think most parents, not that I'm a parent, but I would think most parents, you know, would want to believe that their children would never be capable of such a thing. But for that one moment where you can see where his dad is actually thinking about, like, did my son actually do this? Yeah, I think that that's really interesting, too, because so this is actually something that I that left an impression on me. And I think um, they carry this like really well throughout the uh, the franchise. I'll try and keep it just um, for the first movie right now, compartmentalize. But there's this trope that's called the monstrous ad- adolescence. And it the I actually learned about it from my anime class. Because I took a class in anime and we had a whole section about the monstrous adolescence. And basically, it's um, basically, uh, it's like this idea that like, that kids are like, they go through this, um, they're going through this like time in their life where they are so unpredictable, or, or at least like to their parents, right? Or to, to adults, they are seen as very unpredictable, very like, um, maybe unreliable another word to like look at it so um having you know in the end billy and Stuby, the killers especially whenever they re- they reference all of these like classic movies all these classic slashers where as far as i'm concerned they're all the killers are all like grown right and then you you're coming back and it's a it's a high school horror thing where it's kids killing other kids um i just think it's really interesting and they and Scream does continue to like carry that trope. It moves and it and it meshes and it molds. And I am excited to uh, talk about um, what I think about it for the newest one because I think that it, the way that it has evolved is really like interesting. It's, um, I mean, I think that Scream is like a perfect linear evolution of like the slasher horror genre, right? Mm-hmm. Like how it. Um, it it starts in the 90s and how everything just evolves with it like you know all of the tropes like the tropes they change a little bit or they or they maybe there's a new one but um i think it's interesting that you know you bring up this moment whenever billy's father is like questioning oh could my son do that but i do think that around this time um and even currently teens are scary <laughs> Like that's like what it all comes down to is teens are scary. They they're hard to understand. You don't you know their personal lives are and they're something that they keep you know very private and they're unpredictable. They're capable of anything, right? Um, and I think that that is just um, that's just interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and talking about teens being unpredictable, one thing I was thinking about. And rewatching the movie um, because Scream did come out a little less than three years before Columbine. Yes, and I even looked it up. It came out after Heather's. I was actually wondering where mm-hmm. it came out in regard to Heather's, too. And as somebody who one of my other. Um, favorite things is true crime and for one of my classes in college i did a really deep dive into the columbine massacre mm-hmm. and i'm not ever gonna this has nothing to do with trying to say you know movies inspire violence you know even though i 
I do. That's for the next episode. That's for the next episode. <laughs> it's kind of, but even but it isn't addressed. Um, Billy even addresses it in the movie by saying, "Movies don't make psychos. Um, they make them more creative, or something to that effect." Yeah, yeah. Um, but in watching or in in the research I've done on the Columbine shooters. Um, and I won't use their names because I'm one of those people who don't believe in glorifying the perpetrators of such things. I can see it's fascinating to me because I see the same type of relationship that Billy and Stu had, where I feel like clearly Billy is the mastermind of this whole thing and Stu is going along with it. But I think it's because they had the personalities where you know, Billy attracted that type of person to him. And mm-hmm. I got the same type of vibe with the Columbine shooters. So it's just very interesting to me that, you know, Kevin Williamson was able to write these characters that I think are true to who you find in the world. And you see the same type of people committing unspeakable and unimaginable crimes like these two do yeah um and i know that you know again talking about cases you know somebody um i think it was scream there were a couple of teenage boys who end up killing one of their classmates and they list scream as an inspiration Mm -hmm. um so i know that it gets dragged through the mud through that and again i don't give any weight to that nonsense whatsoever that you know movies or video games um because those tend to be the two scapegoats lead people into violence i think that those people have that capacity um and would be giving into it whether they watched a scary movie or not Uh yeah for sure um trying to think i don't have anything else specifically i remember from scream that i definitely want to talk about other than the fact that it's just yeah um (laughs) it's just so good Mm -hmm. um was there anything else you wanted to add just again especially from somebody you know who's watched it a million times versus somebody who's somebody who's a scream newbie yeah um i think i think you covered pretty much everything um i think um i think one of the things that makes the first scream a lot of fun also is just that like ghost faced like whenever he is ghost faced seems like so like amateur (laughs) 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 i mean like i'm sorry he does but like i mean i i think by like the fourth movie like he seems a little bit more menacing but like in in me watching it and even like there's a comment in the movie somewhere where it's like like oh like trace where you can find this costume and it's like you can find it literally everywhere like it Mm -hmm. makes it so to me that makes it so cheesy because it's like yeah a kid just went and bought a costume and now like is actually committing murders but i think it's just um to me that was part of the fun of it also it was just watching um ghost feet eat shit sometimes 
<laughs> it, it is definitely a little bit of amateur hour, but yes. Yeah, so, and again, going back to to Tatum's death, like she got some really good licks in before she yeah. decided to see if she could fit through a cat flap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. No, it's definitely. Um, you can tell that this is somebody who is not a, a yes he's a killer but he's not a killer he's not like a trained yeah adult he's literally you know they have him doing somersaults off of <laughs> stairs and mm-hmm. being hit in the head with beer bottles so yeah it's definitely fun watching the killer get as well as he gives yeah and I agree. I think by the time, and we'll discuss it more when we get there, but by the time we get to Scream 4, and especially Scream 5. Mm-hmm. It's a huge know, changing character. Yeah, Ghostface. Yeah. I wouldn't want to see somebody dressed up as Ghostface, but I wouldn't be as worried about it in Scream 1. But by the time we get to the later movies, mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh shit, I need to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> I am going to die. <laughs> Um, and on that note, we'll go ahead and wrap up uh, this episode of Last Choice on the Left. Um, again, I, I've i been Chris. And I'm, and I'm Natalie. <laughs> and uh, we will see you next week. Um, I, actually, I guess we won't see you. Um, <laughs> we'll talk to you next week about uh, Scream 2. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks. <laughs>